Hey folks, and welcome to Typology, the show in which we explore the mystery of the human personality through the lens of the Enneagram. We have a great couple of guests on the show today, and before we go any further, I wanna welcome the host of our show, Ian Cron. Ian, welcome to the show. I made you laugh just then, didn't I? <laughs> you did, you cracked me up, as always. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who perhaps didn't see it, uh, I actually you must have seen it because it's going to be on YouTube. yes but some people are listening so yeah, that's true some people are listening i gave anthony my favorite some of my favorite facial distortions it was good <laughs> so we're now on youtube that's a good i mean let people know that we're on youtube now those who are listening only yeah yes i love being on youtube we've gotten such a huge response we went from like 200 followers to like 5,000 followers in the last four weeks. It's That's crazy so how many people uh, want to not just listen to the podcast, but they want to see us in action, which, you know, is actually really helpful when you're talking to people of different types. Uh, I want to tell people that we're releasing a new series, actually, of YouTube videos on the topic of the Enneagram and building teams. Okay. That's going to come out in June. And uh, I'm really excited about it. Uh, this will not only be great for people in business, this is gonna be great for everybody, okay? Because in our lives, we're always building teams of some sort, right? Mm -hmm. right. In fact, right now, I, do you know right now, during this COVID quarantine, I have seven people and three dogs living in my house. <laughs> you have a compound is what you have. <laughs> I, I have a compound and, and you know, when you have a community together, you are always building a team. That's right. So this is for everybody. People in business, it's gonna be fantastic for, but for all of us living in human communities of various sizes where leadership has to be exercised, it's gonna be great for you as well. I can't think of a better way to launch into that conversation than to have Tim and Becky Ferrant on Typology. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Tim is a five, Becky is a three. It's a very unusual combination uh, in a marriage, but man, they've made it work. They bring so much wisdom to this conversation. We're gonna learn about marriage, business, leadership, team building. It's gonna be fantastic. Are you ready, Anthony? Yeah, we cover a lot of ground. So let's welcome our guests, Tim and Becky Ferrant. Tim and Becky Ferrant, welcome to Typology. Thank you. We're happy to be here. Super excited to talk Enneagram all day long. <laughs> well, we're going to give you an opportunity. Yeah, you're going to get a whole hour to do that with us. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, Tim, you are a five on the Enneagram, the investigator. Becky, you are a three, the achiever or the performer. Tim, you are, as I understand, a, a veteran pastor. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, counseled hundreds of couples. Um, you are also the author of She's Selling What? Um, and I, I can't remember the subtitle, but it was fantastic. I don't have it right here in front of me. What's the subtitle of the book? A Skeptical Husband's Guide to Supporting His Network Marketing Wife. <laughs> it is. <laughs> okay, that sounds fantastic. And Becky, you are an Enneagram 3, and you have this wildly successful DIY, do-it-yourself blog, 
And you're like a top producer for doTERRA oils, which, by the way, we use Same. here at, oh, do you, Anthony? Yes. Yes, that's awesome. Super excited to hear that. Oh, yeah. We got steamers all over the house. Steamers. My wife is a- they're, they're called diffusers. Oh. <laughs> Steamer, that's fine. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, well, my attention is diffuse. So, you know, <laughs> that's, that's probably part of the problem, you know. Peace, frankincense, and on guard are like my daily go-to. So I love it. Look at that. Wow. You are such a brown noser. <laughs> uh, Mine's lavender, by wait. the way. And I even sprinkle it on my pillow. That's a that's a very poor thing to do, Ian. I like it. <laughs> Anthony, do you do that? <laughs> no. You got me. You don't have Anthony, you don't have a spritzer for your pillow at night that you just <laughs> No, but but I definitely I make the most of it. I lather myself up with that coconut oil. <laughs> that was more information than any of us needed. Um, so, so today on Typology, you know, we're going to talk about how to apply the Enneagram in business, in leadership, and in marriage. And I am so stoked because I, you know, I feel like you two are going to be able to speak into all three of those topics in a really powerful and authoritative way because you're really living it out in a, in a, in a big way. So before we go diving deep into those things, just first tell us a, a little bit about your story and how the Enneagram figures into it. Yeah. Okay. So um, I started building this business with doTERRA. I just had a passion for the oils. They change our family, blah, blah, blah. And decided to take this on as a business. Well, you know, as a three, like that's what we do. And um, that's how I led my team. I led from that place of achievement driven going. And so, um, you know, I, about 18 months in, I, I'm just like, banging my head against the wall because I'm trying to lead from a three place thinking all I have on my team is threes and not understanding the difference and just failing over and over again, which, you know, threes love. <laughs> so that yeah, right. Me. Right. So I got introduced to the Enneagram and I'm just a dive in kind of girl. So I just started just reading every book I could, getting every resource, listening to your podcast and just uh, started really marinating on the stuff. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, you know, I've done zillion profile tests and personality, blah, blah, blah. And, um, you know, you kind of do like a strengths or one of those, it kind of, kind of, you're kind of like, uh, or the Myers-Briggs or something like that. You're like, I'm a D or I'm a, you know, lion or whatever. It, it kind of is a sense <laughs> of pride. But when you do the Enneagram, you're like, I'm a three, you know, right. <laughs> you understand if, if other people understand what a three is, you know, you get it. So uh, anyways, it, it completely revolutionized the way I, the place of leadership for me is really understanding each individual personality. So I didn't just look at me and look at Tim. And I mean, I studied all of the different personalities so that I could come to a place of being able to lead people well, not only lead them in this business, but lead them to understand themselves better and ultimately how to build a business based on who God created them to be. Right. That's and pretty exciting. Yeah, Ian, I'll brag on her for just a second because she um, has a huge team of people and it's mostly women, right? And a bunch of them are trying to build like a side hustle business to support their family and, and those kind of things, which a lot of people do. Right. And 
Now she uses the Enneagram with every new person that comes on the team to help not only her understand them and how to best lead and support them, but it's gaining, it's helping them to learn themselves. Yeah. Hmm. And for them to be able to understand in a personal development way themselves. And it's been huge. Yeah. It's been huge. So, so Tim, how has the Enneagram figured into your life as a, as a pastor and a guy who's just coached hundreds of couples, which I know marriage uh, is a passion for both of you and an increasing one. How, tell me about the Enneagram and your work. Yeah, well, I was introduced because you made my wife crazy about the Enneagram. So <laughs> therefore, true. I had to sit and listen to Enneagram talk and get a, you know, diagnosed and all of that. But it was super valuable. Um, some of the things it's taught me is it, it actually put words to something I've always known to be true, which is one of my deepest desires. And now I know as a five is to be competent right? Like both on the side of me going, I have to be competent, but also on the side of me not taking risks at times, mm -hmm. not stepping into things at times because I was afraid of not being competent or not being seen as competent. Mm -hmm. And so that helped a lot. The other part that was re really good for us was the whole capacity reality about a five. Like I, I never had words to put to the fact that I always am hyper conscious of where my fuel tank is yeah. when it comes to my capacity. And so mm -hmm. she would see me drift or pull away or I have a hard day at the office or whatever it is. I come home. I want to disengage. She didn't know how to put words to it, nor did I. And really all I was trying to do is like save enough energy for those people that are most important to me. But um, we didn't have language to that stuff. So those kind of things have been super, super helpful. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Enneagram is such a healing agent, you know, uh, in people's lives. It's a, it's a marvelous piece of like spiritual technology, mm -hmm. you know, that, that gives people, of course, language and, you know, you can learn more. I always say I used to be a pastor, and I, I used to say all the time, gosh, if I'd only known the Enneagram when I was doing premarital work with people. Oh, absolutely. You know, you could save them a lot of time and heartache, you know, <laughs> and misunderstanding, you know, sure. uh, along the way. All right. So, um, as I mentioned at the top of the show, we're launching this series of, of videos uh, on my YouTube channel in June on the Enneagram and team building, okay? So Becky, I wanna ask you just for a moment, how do you, how do you apply, and you've already sort of mentioned it already, but maybe more deeply, how do you on a daily basis, what would it look like for you to apply the Enneagram in your work? Well, I think, um, you know, the first thing is, is just, realizing that everyone's not like me. In fact, not many people are like me, <laughs> um, especially on my team. And what's so unique about the business that I'm in is it's it's not like you're checking into an office and checking out. There is this personal development piece that is huge in this type of business that you never grow beyond your mindset. And right. so it is challenging, you know, for wherever, whatever number they are is to help them understand their number and how they're best going to build a business like this. Mm -hmm. So I could say, you know, to a five, okay, get online, do videos and be social. And then they're like, 
I quit, you know, right. um, or, you know, so I think what I've been able to do is I do like a four week coaching program with every single one of my um, new builds or new people who are coming on. And I basically talk to them about, you know, what their Enneagram is. If they most of the time, they don't have any experience. So we kind of go through that. I give them some homework to kind of do, but then I help literally put a strategy together based on you know, their Enneagram number of how to build this business. Because in this type of work, there's lots of different ways to do it. You don't have to be like me and you don't have to be fast like me. There's lots of different ways to build this business, but I don't want to teach you how to build it like me and have you fail. Yeah. Right. And I think for me, as I was leading such a big team, if you failed, it, I felt like it was on me, of course. You know, I'm like, it's my fault. And I didn't like that. But then I realized if I could teach them how to do it based on who they are, then it would change everything. And so, mm. you know, there are some people that I'm like, okay, events, going to events and trying to meet people are not going to be where they're going to succeed. Um, you know, they're a lot better at one-on-ones. I'm not. Give me a group of people. Let me shine. You know, I don't like the one-on-one. Um, but that doesn't mean I can't coach people on how to do it because a lot of the principles are the same. It's just how they're applying them based on who God has created them to be, based on their mm. Enneagram number. Okay. I love this. I mean, I love this. And one of the reasons is I do a ton of corporate work uh, around the country. And, you know, one of the things I'm, I always tell my clients is, you know, I can, the Enneagram can help remove so many inefficiencies. Yes. So, right? <laughs> so in other words, you know, how, you may waste six months trying to get that five to get up in front of a group, you know, or, you know, go to cocktail parties and do small talk and, you know what I mean, which they hate, um, you know, and just, you know, right away, right, you can identify some skills. Now, of course, people can break out of the box and, you know, dig into competencies that they don't normally use, Yeah. right? We all have to do that from time to time. Um, but you can really just help people live into their, their, shiny side you know what i mean where they where they're really now here's my question how big is your team um i have about four thousand um <laughs> stop <laughs> you have four thousand people yeah i have four thousand team i mean as far as team members go obviously not as many team members. that's like my whole team worldwide um so but i'm only working like i only work with individual people on a short-term basis. Um, that's, I mean, I don't know if that's a three thing going in, coming out, but that's kind of like I, four weeks, let me kind of mold you and meld you and um, kind of send you on your way. Um, but I liked what you said about like the shiny side, because when I put together a plan for them based on who they are, they just light up. They're just, because a lot of times they try and do it the three way or whatever, or, or you know, the way they've seen online and it, it feels inauthentic. And then mm -hmm. I give them like a hand, picked perfect plan for them and they take off because they're mm. doing it, you know, the way that best feels authentic to them. It's mm. amazing. Wow. 4,000 people. <laughs> you really are a go-getter. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that is intense. Three things. So I, I am like a burst person though. Like I'm a sprinter. I'm not like a long-term marathoner. Like, is that a three thing or is that a Becky thing? I, I don't know. Um, it's a, it, it could be a three thing. Um, it could be a seven thing too. Sevens are, are like that as well. Um, but, you know, threes have a tremendous amount of energy and no number gets more done on the Enneagram than threes. Which is really frustrating to a five. Oh, I hate it. <laughs> Why? Yeah. 
Are you because I want to be competent as I can be. I want to make such a significant impact. And we joke all the time. And we have a great marriage. We support each other. We love each other. But I joke all the time. And I'm like, you just tick me off because I have to work so much harder <laughs> than she does to get the same amount of stuff accomplished or, you know, any of that kind of stuff. So we joke about it all the time. But it's a true gift that she has that she's able to bring to the world is that her capacity is so high and her energy level is so high to get stuff done. Yeah. So Becky, what, what gift does Tim bring to the world as a five? Oh, I, I like, I think being married to the five is the greatest thing ever because <laughs> because he is so like unemotional, like he is able to, it's weird though. What fives can do is they can kind of assess the emotions of the room but not participate in the emotion. So mm -hmm. they have very unbiased. And so like, he's not like on my side, like he will call me on my stuff and be like, no, that's not how it happened. That's not, you know, the reality. And so because he has that unbiasedness, he's able to, he is incredible at helping me problem solve. Like when I have, you know, team members that are, you know, struggling or having, you know, crises in their life. And I just, am like, I'm done. because threes typically if if feelings issues come up personal issues for people you only have so much energy for that because all of that kind of stuff slows you down yeah it's very it causes <laughs> it's very inefficient you just said it and for the five uh, that would he doesn't have to burn as many calories doing that as you do yeah. He actually like enjoys it, I think. Like he loves the intricacies of people's personalities and kind of pulling it apart and like getting to the root of it. And as a three who's not really great at like in touch with my emotions or being able to name my emotions, he has helped he has helped that and given me words for things that I've been feeling that I really I couldn't pull out myself, I guess. So right. for problem solving with a large team, like he's incredible and my greatest gift <laughs> for sure. So in terms of leadership. You've described how you use the Enneagram with building teams and your business, but how has it affected you personally as a leader? Like, and as, and as a woman, like how has it affected you? Um, I think that, you know, deep desire inside of me to be authentic. Uh, I think, you know, I catch myself in my threeness and when I'm performing or being fake or whatever. Uh, I think that's been the biggest thing is just, allowing a few people to love me for me and being able to be vulnerable in a way. And, but it is such a um, intentional thing that I'm doing because if left to my own devices, I would have lots of different friends and, you know, it would be, um, but allowing intentionally allowing a few people to just love me for who I am. But that vulnerability piece, that um, authenticity that I truly do desire. And I think the older I get, the more I desire, mm. I think for me, uh, as a leader, and so many of my team members have commented, commented even like the vulnerability that they see in me or the realness they see in me, like when I show emotion or when I show that I'm not doing well or I'm not winning, like that, that speaks more volumes to anything else I do because, you know, they just see me go, 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 win, 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 succeed, succeed, succeed. And to see that like soft side of me that I don't let lots of people see, even though I, I have it and it's very deep and it's very like, it, I, I see it so much in me. I don't let other, a lot of other mm -hmm. people. So as a leader, I've really been practicing just practicing authenticity. 
Right. So tell me about a time, you know, threes have this unconscious strategy, right? Which is they have a need to succeed, to appear successful and to avoid failure at all costs. So tell me about a time in your life when you failed and how you recovered from it. Oh, gosh. Um, well, tell them the hammock story. Oh, gosh. <laughs> tell them the hammock story. That's it. That makes all the sense in the world to me. It's like a chapter in our book. It is. It's um, a chapter in the it book. Actually, yeah. it is a chapter in the book. Okay. Yeah. So I had a really bad month. And it's really, it's focused on how, I mean, in the book, it's focused on how as a spouse you can support your spouse in their losses, yeah. right? Like losses are coming. So how as a spouse are you supportive in that loss? Yeah. But it's a great story. Yeah. So um, <laughs> about a year ago, I was at a low point in my business and I was just like, I just am so tired of just the striving, the running, the whatever. And I had a bad month. And I literally went on my lawn and just sat like a little three-year-old and just started crying and pounding mm -hmm. and just feeling that intensity of just failing. Like, how did I get here? You know, I couldn't name my feelings. I just felt like a failure and I just could not pull myself out. I don't know if that's a common three thing, but we don't let things go or I don't let things go very easy. So I am just crying. And Tim is probably, he's just looking out the window. I finally dragged, dragged me yeah, out. Yeah, I came home. And you're like, I see my wife sitting in the middle of our lawn out there and the kids, our two kids are like, don't, don't go. <laughs> <laughs> away, dad. Don't. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, I got to go see what's going on. So I walk out and so, find you in the puddle out there, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he dragged me on the hammock. We're laying in the hammock, and I'm just crying. And I'm just like, I'm such a failure. Why would anyone follow me? Like, I'm a one-hit wonder. I'm never going to get further than this. Like, all these just lies, lies, lies. Mm -hmm. And, you know, being the five that he is, he's able to, like, you know, step out of the situation and, you know, be able to assess that. Um, and that was probably the lowest point in my business where I was kind of on the pinnacle of, like, I felt like I was failing so bad that I'm like, you know what, let's just, this is, I'm just going to call it a day. I can do so many different things. I have my blog. I mean, I have lots of different things in the, you know, that I'm doing. I'll just, let's just get rid of this. And I can say that I'm, you know, how, how do I position it? I can say I'm focusing on this. Um, how can I spin? How yeah. can I spin this? Yes. You know, and so in my head, I'm doing all these situations and that's where, you know, as a five, like he's able to like, you know, ground me like and pull that out and be able to analyze how I'm feeling and, you know, be able to call me on my stuff and pull me back. And, you know, so yeah, that's, that was, that'll go down in infamy as, as the, hammock. the hammock story yeah. right there. Yeah. So. The hammock story. Yeah. So Tim, is there anything that Becky hasn't told me about herself out of fear that it would sound like bragging? Uh, I mean, well, I, she's a rock star, Ian. I mean, she is incredible. Um, she not only has incredible drive, she's an incredible leader. Um, she, one of the things that I love, and, and really the Enneagram has been critical in this, is again, her focus on helping women be the best version of themselves. Mm -hmm. I mean, her team is 98% women. And so she is just like, the women that don't know themselves, that haven't taken the time to do that, that haven't done the personal development work, like awakening that inside of them is a gift that she has that truly has let a lot of women just run and be empowered in a way that's been 
and incredible. So yeah, and she's a she's an incredible motivator, mm-hmm. you know. And once she knows how to support and encourage and motivate somebody, she does it incredibly well. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, I could brag for days, but there's, there's I love that. Yeah. I know I love that. And I, I, I want to say that what you're describing is what a healthy three looks like. Mm-hmm. So a healthy three when they're doing great uh, starts to take on some of the characteristic features of, um, you know, a healthy six, right? The high side of six. Community builders, uh, being the glue that brings community together. They become more concerned with making other people successful and less concerned with flaunting their own success. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I love that what you're describing is a pretty self-aware three that's done some work and is focusing more on how do I help other people as I like what you said, you know, run mm-hmm. uh, and become, you know, the highest expression of, of who they are. So that's, that's pretty cool. I like that. So let me, let me move. We got so much to talk about. I want to move us on to marriage just for a second. So tell me, tell me what a five, three marriage looks like mm. because it's an interesting combination. Yeah, it is. And, and of course we love it and we think there's, it's a great combination. Yeah, we're right? like, what are you talking about? It's amazing. I, I think it's awesome. <laughs> um, but we've also done a bunch of work, yeah. right? Like we don't want to, uh, we in no way want to say we've got it all together. We figured it all out. Like we've done a ton of work all the way back. And part of my five, well, this will be funny. How about I start here when our, when we were dating. So as a five, which I didn't know what that meant. I mean, I don't even know if the five existed back when we were dating, right? How many years ago, but when we were going through that, like our first date, I'm like, all right, hi, I'm Tim, you're Becky. Let's get down to business. You know, like, you know, what is it? look like for you to be a mom go you know like I'm studying I'm investigating like she's a project for me to understand and figure out if like she's gonna make the cut or not like there was no romance there was none of that you know and and I was just like, I can win him over. I mean, this is not going to be hard. And I mean, I, I think in my previous relationships, like my goal was to get them wrapped around my finger. And then I was just kind of like, meh, I'm done. And I was like, okay, I'm never going to wrap this guy around my finger. Like, I think this is enough of a challenge. I should stick this out. Like, cause he's just, he's unimpressed. Like he's just kind of more, you know, it's, he's not emotional. He's more about the facts. And so I felt like it, I, I would, he, he would, he wouldn't allow me to, you know, perform or like, he really asked me some really deep questions and made me question myself, I guess. And I don't know. So. Yeah. And then obviously as we've gone into marriage, then that just continues. You know, I love that she is driven and I'm okay with that. I mean, I had to be okay with that and I enjoy that and I can balance that other side, right? I can be the foundation. I can be the rock that she can come back to you know, and place her feet firmly on. And then on the other side, she does celebrate and values my perspective and opinion. Um, Even sometimes when it's not comfortable, you know, like she said, so this is a great five, three thing. (laughs) She'll come and be like, can you believe so-and-so, you know, or whatever it is. Um, I can't believe this. Or, and I just look and say, well, what was your part in the situation? Yeah. I don't like that. <laughs> you know, or, <laughs> that's the part I don't like. <laughs> I don't like that part. <laughs> you know, or like, well, I mean, can you see from her perspective how she can feel that way, given the way that you responded? 
you know, and like, and when we have a trust together and that's, I mean, that's critical, critical for any marriage, yeah. right? Like, but when we have that trust together, it really works. Yeah. Right. I don't know if that, if that gives you enough of a picture of what you're looking for. I well, think yeah. Keep going though, Becky. Well, what he, what, you know, like one of the things, you know, fives don't have like a ton of friends. And so I'm like his person. And yeah. so he does like at the end of the night, like he loves going through, I mean, he can literally sit with his day timer and his little planner and he could tell me, okay, at eight o'clock I had this meeting and this is what would happen. And it, it, I mean, he gets really talkative with me because he likes to process and he loves um, hearing what I have to say. And so I think for us, our conversations are always like, we love talking. We love processing. We both love dreaming about things that maybe we might never do. So, you know, like dreaming about owning a Starbucks, what would that look like? Can you imagine being Jeff Bezos? Like, I mean, we just have all these weird conversations about things, but I think, you know, we both are driven people. So I think that helps. Um, but we're really good at just, um, you know, having like even in conflict because um, he doesn't allow the, you know, emotions to get really heightened and he's able to kind of like bring me down. We don't have like these drag out fights or we don't ice each other out. Like we really do have a mutual understanding. And because we both have such a desire for personal growth in our life, such a desire to be the best version of ourselves that we just don't let things like fester or anything like that. We, we just talk it out. And like, we think that everything is, talk outable, I guess. Yeah. So Becky, you've said something twice that I just want to poke into a little bit. Twice you've said that Tim is not emotional. And I just, twice I thought to myself, hmm, what does that mean? And where does that land for Tim? Um, because actually, in my experience, fives in relation Relationships are the most misunderstood number on the Enneagram. I'd say eights are second. Mm -hmm. um, and what I, one of the reasons I think they're misunderstood is because, in particular, as children, they are terribly sensitive. Mm. There's a real sensitive side to fives. What makes it hard to spot is that they're – I just did something yesterday with a five. Uh, and he his face – we were talking about happy things, and I was – trying to tell him at some point, you know, you really need to communicate to your face what you're feeling inside. Because <laughs> a very flat, <clears throat> you know, he had a very flat affect. <clears throat> and so, but I know that, that fives are actually quite sensitive and their emotions may be more muted, but they, they're there. So what did you mean when you say he's not emotional? I'm actually going to let him explain that. Like he has. Oh, you're going to pass it off? No, 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 I'm just no, no. kidding. What I'm saying, I love. I, I mean, I'm going to outsource that question right now. How <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, you say? Just you have to explain because I think this is a five. Okay, I, I will. The, the, the little yeah, Tim the little thing. Tim. The little Tim. Talk thing. to him about little Tim. <laughs> so. I, oh, yeah. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I just it's can't wait be, to hear about little yeah, Tim. Yeah, it's real weird. for a second. So hang on, everybody. Um, the well, let me say this first. I would say I understand I'm emotional, right? But I'm not emotionally driven. That's the way I would phrase it. Yeah. Um, I have been in, in my job, like with the staff at the church and those kind of things, I get joked about all the time that I'm the robot, right? Like I just, I'm a robot. And, and it's more because I don't allow myself to be emotionally driven. It doesn't mean that I'm not, I don't have emotions, I care deeply for people. Yeah. I can empathize deeply with people mm -hmm. because I can quickly see where they are 
and then relate to them and be right in the shoes with them, you know, from that standpoint. But I'm not going to respond back in like an emotional way, yeah. if that if that makes sense. But yeah. here's, the, here's the little Tim thing. Okay, you ready? And wow. I, I'm really interested. I'm so ready. <laughs> so what I do as a five, and tell me if this is normal five stuff or this is just weird Tim Farron stuff. In, any, in lots of situations, I will literally like objectively pull myself out of my head and literally go to the corner of a room. So I'm doing marriage counseling with people. I'm in a small group setting. I'm leading a staff meeting. I'm in a conflict, family situation. I will pull myself out and go to the top of the room and literally view it from a bird's eye standpoint and evaluate how everybody's doing, including myself. Mm -hmm. And then get like in two seconds, all that perspective and then zoop back into my head and then respond. So that is so, that is so five, <laughs> um, you know, fives are, you know, in the book, I call them the investigators. And as I go back, there are signifiers now that I would change, right? I, I would change the perfectionists to the improvers. Mm-hmm. Um, I would change the twos to befrienders, not helpers. Uh, threes, achievers or performers, but I, I would probably now lean more to achiever. I like um, four, individualists, not romantic. And fives, I would call the observers. Mm. Because no number on the Enneagram is more observant than a five. Nobody is more observant than a five. They don't miss anything in the environment. And um, it's one of their gifts, but it can also be one of their curses because they can end up observing but never participating Mm. in life, right? So they can stay out here, you know, a short distance from their own body and never come back in to be present to to people in the moment, right? So um, I, I think that's a beautiful kind of, description little tim turns out to be a a great description (laughs) i was not anticipating that tim but you know there you go but i think that anthony anthony you got a quite you got a look on your face like you got a question i know that face yes uh so i was just wondering because threes typically have the most difficult time accessing their emotions and fives their emotions are typically delayed and, and differentiating between being emotional and identifying emotions, how have y'all learned to identify when you're, and name, like when you're hurt or when you feel shame, you know, or when you're sad or when you have fear, how have y'all learned to navigate identifying that and then being able to come to each other with that, like show up to each other with that? Yeah, Yeah, I think it takes me a lot longer. Um, You know, if we get into it or something like that, like I will not recognize why I responded that way, probably for at least 24 hours. Um, And I have to be intentional about actually thinking about it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, then I just, you know, kind of seven layers of why, like, why did I respond that way? Okay. Why did I feel that way? Okay. You know, and I just keep asking myself the question, why, 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 until I get to the very bottom. And then I, I usually will come to him and be like, okay, you know, the story I'm telling myself or, you know, where I'm at is this is how I feel like why I responded that way. Mm. Now he is a processor too, but I feel like he's able to find that emotion a little bit quicker than I am. 
Um, and himself, I mean, he's not like, will identify it me. Usually I will do that work. Um, but I think because we have so much mutual trust, we don't have, I don't have an issue being vulnerable in that place with him. Now other people for sure. Um, but it takes me a lot longer. And I think if married to somebody else, uh, I would easily gloss over that. It would be Mm -hmm. like, let's just go back to normal. (laughs) Let's just keep working. Let's just keep doing. Um, but I think, he, but I don't allow that. No, you don't allow that. Yeah. So he makes me, he kind of pushes me to be like, okay, you need to figure out why you responded that way. You need to really think through that. Um, so yeah. Mm-hmm. And maybe a, this is just a tool that we've kind of learned along the way. And maybe this will be helpful to some people that are, you know, listening or watching when we are in a conflict, it's okay. Like you're saying, Anthony, to say something like, let's not talk about this right now but it's not okay to not identify the time when you're actually going to talk about it. Mm. And so in any marriage context, I mean, I don't guess it doesn't matter what number you are, you know, when, when you're in that conflict spot to say, okay, we need to push pause on this, or I don't know how to identify this right now. So let's not talk about it. It's not going to be productive, but then someone, someone has to ask the next question, which is when will we talk about it? Mm -hmm. Mm. You know, it, are we going to talk about it, you know, tomorrow morning? Are we going to talk about it at 8 p.m.? Like, when are we going to talk about it? And identify a specific time and then stick to it. Yeah. Mm. It might be good for you, Becky, to share uh, what you said about learning. Because as a three, it's about winning, right? When you had that sort of aha moment of, well, what happens if I do win in this conversation? You know what I'm saying? Could you tell that story? Yeah, I um so early on in my marriage, I remember um there was a lady named Nancy. She was an older lady in the church, and I was telling her about a fight Tim and I had, and you know, I, I told her how I won the conversation. And so she was like, uh, well, then who lost? Mm. And I was like, Well, what do you mean? <laughs> I won. <laughs> She's like, Well, well, who lost? Mm. And I said, Well, I guess Tim did. And then she said, If the person that you love the most lost, then are you winning? And it was like mm. <laughs> So good. And that really like shifted my perspective. I mean, it was like that. I mean, I tell the story all the time because that shifted mm-hmm. in me um, where it isn't me and it's a we, you know, that I'm not fighting for Becky. I'm, I'm on team Ferent. Like we're, we're in this together. Um, and so I, I think for me that that was such a radical shift early on in marriage that that changed everything for me that I don't try and win anymore when it comes to like us, because I realized that if, if I'm winning, I'm losing, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because some, if he's losing, then I am not winning. Mm, that That's isn't well, yeah, I mean, it's a tremendous insight, actually. In fact, we could almost end the conversation there because it's, it's like such a, a, a powerful insight that I think is going to be very, very helpful to people because I think people's uninterrogated assumption is in an argument is I have to win. I have to prove my point and I have to come out on top. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is... That's a lose-lose. It's not a win-lose, right, when that happens. Tim, I want to talk about your book for a minute because obviously it has a lot to do with marriage, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, The title again is She's Selling What? Subtitle, A Skeptical Husband's Guide to Supporting His Networking Marketing Wife, right? So this has a lot to do with marriage, your development as a human being, as a five. What's behind behind the book? Mm. Yeah. So the, the story is we were, I was skeptical, right? Like, I mean, 
just the truth is a lot of these network marketing companies, that kind of stuff. I mean, we're just, society are skeptical. Well, and I'm skeptical anyway. I'm skeptical of everything. That's true. And sometimes a little cynical. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I'm not going to argue with that. That's absolutely true. So I was skeptical, like I'm skeptical of everything, but especially with something like this. And Becky was successful already. She could do anything. I mean, she's amazing. And so to be like, you want to do, that's why the book's called She's Selling What? Literally, I was, when she said, I want to do this business, I was like, you want to do what? Come on, don't do it. Don't do it. Like, do something else. And, and so I, in a lot of ways, was her, like, limiting belief. I was an obstacle to her success. Now, because she's a three, she just pushed right through it anyway, right? right. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I wasn't going to hold her down. Um, but a lot of other women that really are trying to build businesses or trying to do good things for their family or side hustles, whatever it is, they don't have the same drive that she has. And really the spouse who's skeptical, who often's coming from a place of love, and try and support and protect ends up halting their dreams, mm-hmm. ends up being an obstacle to their success. And then what we started finding was she became a marriage counselor because all these women would call up and say, you know, my husband or they won't let me this or my partner that like I need help. And, and so I remember I was, we were actually sitting at a resort on an incentive trip that she won And I said, you know what? If you could figure out a way to get skeptical spouses on board right away, not only would it dramatically impact the success rate of their businesses, but, and this is my heart, but it would help their marriages thrive in the process. Because it was also damaging their marriages Mm -hmm. when these women would get up or or give up or there was strife or those kind of things. So I started like a five would do, right? I'm like, that's it. Got to investigate. So I'm going to start looking for resources, dig into it. And they didn't exist. Right. For some reason, nobody in this industry is talking about how to get skeptical spouses on board to support their wives. So at the end of the day, that's why I wrote a book to try and solve a problem. Right. That's what. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, I think that's fantastic because I think a lot of men reflexively for cultural reasons uh, are resistant out of fear. Mm -hmm. There's anxiety there. There's sexism there. Um, There is a sense of what if my wife is more successful than I am? So there's the pride thing there. Um, None of which is really necessary if we're trying to help each other, you know, uh, again, as I use that expression, occupy our highest selves you know and so i think that's a great service to people now you just mentioned you know that becky's become a marriage counselor the two of you are doing more around this theme of marriage uh and marriage counseling and in fact i think you have like a 10 minute weekly facebook marriage tip thing that that you've started is that is that right yep so what's the motivation i I can kind of hear it new tim but what's the motivation because you know we've done doTERRA oil we've done uh you know um, the, the, the diy blog which is incredibly successful what's the motivation behind your moving into the work of marriage stuff yeah you want to start or you want go ahead i 
Well, why don't you go? Because I, I was talking about it earlier. Okay. So I think, um, you know, for the longest time, I mean, we've had a great marriage and we've counseled lots of couples and done that. But I think for some reason, it's we've kind of like hidden that because it's not something like everyone, you know, you get a gaggle of women together, they can just complain about their spouses. And I, I felt like I couldn't participate because I was like, my husband's pretty amazing. Um, so I think for us, it was just like, we hid that because we wanted to relate. You know, I, I, you know, me as a performer, I wanted to be able to relate to people. I wanted to be able to connect with people and to say that my marriage was so great or whatever. But then we just realized that, that we do have a gift and that we have something that a lot of people don't and that we had a responsibility to help, to equip, to, you know, elevate, like you said, to the, to their highest potential. And I think the relationship between your spouse has the greatest um, impact to make you your greatest self. Uh, so for me, that's that's kind of where my heart was um, in just empowering women. I think empowered women empower women, and so um, I want I love walking alongside of women, you know, in that regard because I feel like I have something to say, and I feel like we have a tool belt when you get married, and I feel like so many people are missing tools, and we have a few tools that I think are really helpful to just help people and put in their tool belt. So. Tim, what typically tears marriages apart? Mm. You're a pastor. You've coached a lot. I know that you've coached a lot of, of couples. What, what typically tears a marriage apart? Yeah, I think at, at the core, it's a lack of being able to trust each other. Like to genuinely trust each other. To trust that... Um, she has my best interests in mind and that she's not just trying to manipulate me, right? For her to be able to trust that as the husband, I'm going to show up when I need to show up. A trust to follow through with what it is that I say I'm going to do or that someone's going to say they're going to do. A trust that you can be trusted when the other person's not around you know, to act a certain way or to represent a certain way or to, to be encouraging. Like, I mean, there's a whole bunch of drop downs that come from that, but at the core, it's figuring out how to trust each other, which is also why I think the Enneagram is super important because it helps you put language to some of the things that you never knew how to put language to about your spouse. Mm. Like, why do they always respond that way? And it's like, well, maybe there are some real reasons. It's not an excuse, right? Your Enneagram's number is not an excuse. Yes. <laughs> but it helps you put language and understanding so that you can build that trust. And then it comes down to whether you want to do it or not. Yeah. Right. You know, but if you don't have that foundation, I, it's tough to build just about anything else. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, when you understand the Enneagram, you do – um, approach each number with, with grace and understanding and compassion where, you know, like I said in the beginning, you know, when I was like, I'm a D I'm a, you know, what I'm an I, I'm a, you know, you, it, when you understand the Enneagram, it really does give you compassion for other numbers. Like mm. I, before I was just frustrated, <laughs> like it was just so, cause they weren't responding. But when I understood some of their core, you know, beliefs or super egos or whatever, it, it, it I, I came from a place of compassion. And I think in marriage with Enneagram and marriage, um, if you understand, like when I understood his capacity and his uh, trying to conserve, like it made me be like, oh, what can I do to help him? Instead of being like, oh, he's always saying no to me. He doesn't want to go out or he doesn't want to do this or he's holding me back. It really gave me like a responsibility in our marriage to mm. show up differently. So mm. 
that's great. That's great. I, I, I mean, there's so much wisdom coming out here that I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled. Uh, I, I like to ask couples this question. Tim, what's one thing you wish Becky knew and believed about herself, but she doesn't yet? Hmm. That's a good question. That's a great question. Um, I would say I still, I have, and she's incredible. I still have a higher belief in her than she has in herself. Um, I think she still does not fully embrace the level to which the gifting that God has given her, the personality, the makeup has the ability to pull people up in a way that is so powerful. And um, sometimes she guesses, second guesses whether she can really do that or the influence she really does have in people and the ability to pull them up. But she's got it and it happens time and time again. And so I would say, and I've said this to you privately, yeah. <laughs> um, that for her to step into that more is just a greater gift to the people that God surrounded her with. Mm. Mm. Becky, where does that land for you right now? Um, I mean, obviously, like, there's a part of me that it's encouraging, um, humbling, but, um, like, I, you know, I, I, part of me just, like, takes that and says, like, I'm going to borrow that belief for a second. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and I think that's kind of what, what I do sometimes is, you know, I, I do it afraid. Like, that's just kind of how I live. So just hearing that and just I'll, I'll borrow his belief for a second to be able to show up. Uh, that's for, I would say that like, you know, when I don't have the confidence to do it myself is borrowing his belief for a hot minute and just doing it afraid. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> let me, let me reverse the question now. So Becky, what do you, what's the one thing you wish Tim knew and believed about himself, but he doesn't yet? Um, I would think, I would say he's probably the most wisest person I've ever met in my entire life. And the ability he has in every situation, age zero to a hundred, um, to be able to sit with people in really hard situations and be able to, um, relate to them, but also be able to provide perspective and wisdom, like is unparalleled. Like I've never seen somebody who has that ability. Um, now I know obviously that sucks the life out of him sometimes doing so much social stuff, but the ability, the, the wisdom he has to bring the world is the greatest I've ever seen. And so mm. I, I'm, that's like the biggest gift he's given me. And I think that there's so many other people who could benefit from that if he would allow, you know, people to come in. <laughs> mm. And Tim, where's that land for you when you hear that? Uh, if I'm honest, Ian, it sounds exhausting. <laughs> um, and it does. It doesn't mean I shouldn't do it. Yeah. It, it doesn't mean that um, I don't have stuff to bring. Uh, and, and I put too much pressure on myself to show up. Again, it's my competence, right? Like, I, if I'm going to step into this, it better, I better be able to be competent. I better know what's going to happen. The plan better be laid out all of those things, which that's exhausting. Yeah. Um, and, and I think part of what I hear, which I know to be true, but part of what I hear is there's a trust in God in my life that has to come with that and say, I'm going to step into it and I'm going to trust 
that I'm going to do what God's called me to do in the moment. And whatever I don't know, he's going to fill in those Mm -hmm. gaps for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, fives, you know, they're, their passion or deadly sin, of course, is avarice. And so they they typically, in, which isn't greed, it's not like they want a lot of stuff. I mean, typically you're a minimalist. What it is is they, they want to retain what little they think they have, energy, resources, time. Um, and um, so part of the journey, I think, for the five is to move from a scarcity mindset to an abundance mindset. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, maybe you're going to have to burn more calories um, in order to do those things. But you really do have um, probably more inner resources than you know to do the things that you've been called to do, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and Becky, for you, of course, your, your deadly sin, if you will, is self-deceit, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it sounds like you're working on moving into a space of being authentic versus somebody who's um, more self-promotional and sales oriented um, and moving from being personable to personal. Mm. And sometimes I, I see that with threes. They're, they're so charming and charismatic and they're personable. But then I, when I leave, I realize there was nothing personal mm. about the interaction, yeah. you know, and so I think that sounds like you're uh, on that journey as well. And so, God, I mean, I don't know quite what to say. I, I have no more to, to, to say uh, to, to, to sort of weigh in on. Well, tell me, we're going to close up. Where can people learn more about what you two are up to right now? Yeah, I mean, you can obviously our personal Facebook pages, those kind of things. You know, Becky's got her blog, uh, Inferently Creative. Mm-hmm. See what she did there? Like Ian, Inherently Creative, yeah. <laughs> Um, which, you know, she's had for a long time. And, uh, and then obviously we are really passionate about this book and she's selling what you can get it anywhere books are sold. I'll read it to you if you want to, because a lot of dudes won't read and it's really written to help the skeptical husband, you know, to really support his spouse. So it's on Audible. You it's won't on really, Audible. You won't really read it to them. <laughs> well, kind of, yeah. I'll read it through your headphones. Yeah. So, yeah. So you can get it anywhere books are sold, but, uh, that's the way that you can, you can keep up with us. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Well, I hope everybody reads uh, your book. She's selling what? A Skeptical Husband's Guide to Supporting His Networking Marketing Wife. Because it sounds like it's about a lot more than what the title suggests. Uh, It's really about how to love. Um, And I've I've picked that up in the sort of the quality of our, of our conversation, how to trust, um, how, how to be in, in a meaningful partnership with another human being. And, and Becky, uh, inferently creative, I-N-F-A-R-R-E-N-T-L-Y, creative.com, right? F-A-R-R-A-N-T-L-Y. Oh, gosh. All right. Well, anyway, it's a great DIY blog for women, right? And yeah, I mean, there's lots of dudes that come. I mean, I tear walls down and build furniture, so lots of dudes buy my plans as well but yes mostly women who like to you know decorate their homes and 
you know, not pay for it, just be able to do it themselves. So I love empowering women to do it themselves, whether it's business or life or health or whatever. And if anybody is looking for some lavender to spritz on their pillow, <laughs> she can hook you up with that too, Ian. You know, you know uh, if, if you were just out of pure altruism, thinking about sending several gallons of doTERRA oil to, to me, don't send any to Anthony, he's not a good person. <laughs> but if you sent them to me, uh, I, you know, I, I wouldn't turn them down. Um, listen, uh, we've loved having you on. Um, this has been a really rich conversation mm -hmm. and um, I hope you'll come on again. Thanks so much for the invite. Why, yeah, I, thank you. It's an honor for sure. Great. Hey folks, um, remember the words of the great Oscar Wilde, be yourself. Everybody else is already taken. Until next time.